0: Like Book Club meets Letterboxd, meets Greatest Hits meets Happy Hour, but all about TV.
1: Every week, three friends make and debate the case if a show is truly essential viewing. Listen for the hot takes, and stay for the camaraderie. I'm Ezra.
0: I'm Mallory. I'm Gina. And this is The Essentials.
1: This week, we're talking about What We Do in the Shadows. The FX series, which was renewed for a third season, is streaming on Hulu in the U.S.
2: As always, a general warning about spoilers. We will be discussing everything. Does that really ruin a TV show? We don't think so.
0: Now let's get into it.
2: Based on a feature film of the same name from Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement, What We Do in the Shadows is a mockumentary that follows the daily, or rather nightly, misadventures of four vampires who live together in Staten Island. Some highlight episodes. 101 pilot 102 city council 106 baron's night out 107 the trial and 110 ancestry so i have been a taika ytd fan for years long before jojo rabbit and thor ragnarok listeners if you haven't seen hunt for the wilder people boy or eagle versus shark i highly recommend them taika ytd is the reason why my personality is the way it is. So thank you, Taika Waititi.
1: Taika! And I've said this many times, but I was a couple feet away from Taika YTD at a screening of Jojo Rabbit. And i came very close to going up to him and telling him how much I loved him and begging for a selfie. But I had restraint and I did not. Uh, I didn't know much about Taika until Thor Ragnarok. And now that I know him, I'm just obsessed with everything he's done. So this was eye-opening to me that there was a show based off a movie that he did. And I kind of went into this show not expecting much. I should have trusted in Taika. Like, I'm a person who will give up on a pilot within five to ten minutes if I'm not held, like, captivated by it. But I kept telling myself, it's Taika, it's Taika. He knows best, Taika knows what I want. Like he wrote this thing, he directed the first episode, like I believe in him. And good God, did I need this show. Oh my gosh. It's like the funniest show that I have watched in all of 2020, like (laughs) to be honest. Uh, My husband was in the other room, like having a night out with his like friends virtually. And I was laughing so hard at one point that he thought I was choking. back <laughs> up on me. I was like, no, no, I'm just watching. We'll be we doing the shadows. It's fucking hysterical. You'll love it. So this show is, it was just so good. I watched seven episodes in one night. <laughs> thank you for Ezra for recommending this show. And then I watch it. I'm so happy it's in my life now.
2: I'm so happy that you love it. I have such strong feelings about it because I love the movie. It's interesting because you could watch the show and it's still, and I mean no disrespect, the movie is great, but the show is much better.
1: And I just, I was floored by the guest stars on this show. Uh, I wrote down a couple of, of my favorite guest stars. I wrote in all caps in my notebook and on our show notes, Vanessa Baer. She's the most underappreciated SNL actor ever, and I'm so happy that she was in this show as the perfect foil to Colin. I love Colin. Great character. <laughs> uh, Hilda Swinton, Evan Rachel Wood, Wesley Snipes, Nate Kroll, Kristen Schaal. Uh, I, I, I can't. This show is amazing with the guest stars. Can't forget
0: Doug Jones, <laughs> the Baron oh. himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: Hollywood's
2: most underrated actor.
0: We Ooh. never get to see his face. No, oh.
2: Guillermo del Toro won't allow it. But it's because God can that man just do everything else with his body? It's
1: it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Also. I, I just, I, I love Matt Barry so much. Uh I love the IT crowd. It's one of my other favorite comedies. So it was just great to see him in this and to see him getting more amazing comedic roles on, on this side of the pond.
2: Speaking of IT crowd, if Richard Ayoade does not guest star in What We Do in the Shadows, I think it will be a oh,
1: mystery. Oh, my gosh. Can we just get all of them to just yes. come in an episode? I I
2: want Noel Fielding, Noel Fielding, real-life vampire in what we're <laughs> sure. He needs to take a break from Great British Pickoff and come on the show for a little bit. I um, agree. Okay.
1: What do you think, Gina?
0: I, like Ezra, had seen the movie, really loved the movie, and so when they announced that they were going to do a TV show, I was a little anxious but also very excited to like see what they'd do with it and then when they announced that they were setting the show in Staten Island part of me just like knew immediately that it would be uniquely wild just based off of like them living in Staten Island like I know a few people who live in Staten Island but like many New Yorkers I have this mm, somewhat ambivalent uh, attitude slash, um, dismissive, uh, approach sometimes to the island. I, I mean, like, I like to shit on the island. And <laughs> this show makes it so, both, like, so fun to do that, but also, um, you know, it makes Saturn Island seem very uniquely charming. So charming that four undead vampires would choose to settle there. And so, um, I, like it, in some ways, it's actually made me quite fond of Staten Island, just because I know in this fictional universe they live there. And so that's, um, you know, like if if they were to one day set up like like an actual like real life fake vampire house or something, I would step out to Staten Island for it. Oh, yes. it, would, it would be so fun. Awesome. Thank you. I always think
2: about. Sometimes I I. Deep dive too much into the show, and I, I wonder like, why Staten Island? Like these are probably have a lot of gold and rubies, and I don't know wealth because they were pretty important people in their past life. So I really hope they do an episode where they explain maybe why Staten Island was Manhattan too expensive. Most <laughs> because they seem like. The type of, quote-unquote, people who would hate Brooklyn, which is probably why I love them so much.
1: <laughs> like I've been to Staten Island, uh, I think, a total of three or four times in the 11 years I've lived in New York City. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really interesting because I don't know much about the island apart from like ferry terminals and wall park. So it was just interesting to see that Staten Island has houses and full-on neighborhoods and its own, like, nightlife, uh, Baron's Night Out, that, that entire episode was, I, I, could not stop laughing from start to finish, especially when they keep breaking the fourth wall because the Baron is eating the documentary crew. <laughs> 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 like, come on. I also thought that this show reminded me a lot about, uh, Broad City, it was kind of like a mixture of Broad City and The Office to me. Because you've got Colin, who brings that, like, situational office comedy perspective. And then that episode in Barron's Night Out, specifically, when it's just, like, a roommate buddy episode. They're just, like, going out and having some fun, like, a Broad City episode. And I think that's why this show speaks so much to me and I related so much to it this past week. Also, I just miss outside. I just feel- <laughs> New York City and being able to explore and go on the ferry and have a good time so I was kind of living vicariously through all the characters like even when they went to the club in the Nick Kroll episode which is also a standout episode like just living life through their eyes uh, was everything to me this week.
0: I love how it is a just such a silly show that it's not trying to say anything profound at all there, there's no deeper meaning and is very much all about like the relationship between the characters and the random circumstances that they find each other in the oftentimes very absurd character failures that they all have and yet we love them so much that it doesn't quite matter that they're murderous monsters <laughs> We want to see them have fun. We want to see them gallivanting about. I read on AV Club, they did an interview with the creators of the show,
2: and they were saying that the creators always wanted to model the show off of the real Housewives franchise, like (laughs) taking the movie and just like taking it into a different city with a different family. And I just... I love that. And I feel that now I'm watching the show knowing that. And I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's just no rules. It's just a really silly show and it's just a lot of fun. And I think there aren't a lot of jokes. It's just a testament to the great acting. They're just, they're all fantastic and weird. It's just great. And i say, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I love the office, but I think what we do in the shadows does the mockumentary style a lot better. I just, the shaky camera reminds me of, like, Blair Witch Projects. So I don't know if that's a <laughs> that or if that's just how it is, but it feels, this feels like a wonderfully bad student project, and I love that.
1: Like, I had a couple questions about that. Like, do we learn who the documentary crew is? Do we learn why? They're even doing a documentary on these fat and vampires.
0: No, but they are acknowledged by other characters um, that, for like their existence. And then here and there, you do get to learn about um, some of the documentary crew. Every now and then, it turns out that uh, some of the crew have succumbed to some of the perils of falling around um, vampires in the night. Um, not from our four main vampires, but but from other characters that that we meet, and so it's um the the mockumentary format is like continues on, and it it hasn't yet like directly interfered with the plot of this show, but th- they are there. and so I, I think that's that is kind of fun. and so I wonder if we will ever learn how or why they began this production in the first place.
2: Yeah. Part of me really hopes that the crew, they're all uh, Guillermo's friends. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would be so
1: perfect. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Guillermo, uh, he's just so mistreated and so misunderstood. And I, I love him. I feel so much for him. In the seven short episodes I've seen, I was just... Especially uh, the scene when they're at the club with Nickro and, <laughs> and, and he has to get saved, <laughs> and he's like, well, "You weren't going to save me."
0: <laughs> and then he gets sent away to the other familiar rooms
1: yeah. to hang out with the other. laughs so much. I feel so bad for him when he
2: like sees that other familiars are like well into their seventies and eighties and basically on the cusp of dying, and he's like. I'm never going to be a vampire, which is why it made so much sense for them to introduce his heritage as being a descendant of Van Helsing.
1: Like, what? Oh my gosh, that's a spoiler for me. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh no! No! Uh, don't forget that I said that. Okay. She's almost there. She's
0: only like two episodes away from getting there, so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that.
1: I'm assuming it's an Ancestry 110? Yes. Oh, I thought
0: you watched that. I'm so
1: sorry. I'm
2: evil, and I'm going to hell, and I accept my fate.
1: It's okay. It's it's payback for me literally spoiling all of the West Wing for you, right? (laughs) Well, to your point about the jokes, I kind of feel like Bat and Drug Blood are two jokes that I love so much about this show. Like, every time they say Bat, I just, like, was busting out laughing. (laughs) Also, the really horrible, low-budget special effects make the show, in my opinion. Yes.
0: Oh, this makes me feel a little bit bad for them, because they talked about... I I watched some of the the behind-the-scenes inside looks into how they make the show, and they do their best to get decent-looking effects based off of their budget. Clearly, FX is not giving them enough money to do that,
1: if, if you guys still think they suck, though. But it was also interesting to me because I was watching uh, the Mandalorian Gallery on Disney Plus And Taika, since is like a director of Mandalorian, is part of this like esteemed club of directors on this round table And he clearly feels out of place. And he's talking about how they produced the, the movie. And he's like, yeah, the special effects, that's all we had. It was intentional. So being on Mandalorian and having million dollar budgets, it was wild to do all this crazy shit. <laughs> and like maybe Tyco's doing it intentionally, keeping that low budget feel for the TV show, so that way it's continuous with like the franchise. Do you think that's accurate Ezra?
2: I think um in terms of the special effects, they're not like I don't think they're bad as in poorly done. I think they're just they're obviously not James Cameron and Avatar. They're <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> They, I think they do, the effects do what they need for the show. Like I, I think when they transform into bats it's really well done. The scene in the episode with the witches from season two when the witches are taking Nandor to their uh, apothecary shop, yoga place, whatever, it's like very Brooklyn-esque. He slams into a building and it clearly looks bad, but not like ugh i can't watch this it's it's goofy
0: <laughs> i also think um and and we haven't really talked about um Jermaine Clement yet in in this podcast but i feel like um in a lot of ways what we do in the shadows is more his kind of show even or rather like especially with the characterization of sort of like the low-budgety feel. I feel like that's very reminiscent of what he did for Flight of the Concords, that, that sort of almost like DIY kind of style. And from what I understand, he um, is more of the hands-on producer, director, um Le- creative lead on what we do in the shadows, like while Tyga is off, you know, in Star Wars Land and in Marvel Land. <laughs> 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 My
2: favorite vampire in the movie was to make sense. sexual has orgies in his bedroom vampire.
1: There's a lot
0: more about orgies than I anticipated yeah. for like a show about undead folks.
2: Yeah. The whole orgy episode, I was actually like, well, they're doing this. Uh,
1: I can't wait wait to get there. I mean, because vampires, like, the lore and everything is just innately sexual, and the creation of vampires is about, like, sexual desires and and whatnot, and True Blood, another one of my favorite TV shows in, like, the vampire lore genre, is just all about the sex. (laughs) Like, regular humans in true love, love to get bitten by vampires and not even fully turned just for like the turn on and the pleasure of it.
2: There are so many, the the vampire is such a big phenomenon in pop culture. And I really love how the show explores the rules of being a vampire. Like they, Jemaine Clement loves Dracula. And then the Lost boys was another, point of reference for the creators like you can see they borrowed a lot of pop culture references and added them to their show like with Dracula there's obviously the you have to avoid sunlight or you'll burn to a crisp RAP Baron uh, <laughs> and then there's like from the last boys you have to be invited into a dwelling or a place by whoever lives there it was really interesting to see like what the rules were. And then I never knew vampires can't eat human food. I didn't know that because the time I've seen vampires and pop, they've, they've
1: eaten food. Yeah, that's a very true blood thing. So two true blood things is around food and then also having to drink a vampire's blood to officially turn into a vampire. Cause there's a whole arc around vampire blood as a drug. Man, we just need to talk about True Blood as well on a future pod because I just (laughs) saw so many callbacks to True Blood in this show. I mean, namely the episode with Rachel Evan Wood playing her exact character from True Blood. No,
0: she's playing herself because technically they cannot reference her character from the film or from the TV show. Otherwise, that would be a copyright violation. Well,
1: Princess Y. She Tilda Is Tilda. She's royalty in True Blood. She is a princess in True Blood. (laughs) That was
2: one of the reasons why I loved that episode was because when I saw Tilda Swinton, I was like, this is really hilarious in that she could just be playing Tilda Swinton, who could just be a real-life vampire because Tilda Swinton, or she could just simply be playing her character from Jim Jarmusch's movie, only Lovers Left Alive. Like she has the exact same coat. I kinda wish Tom Hiddleston was on the council too. But when they said <laughs> they meant Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt.
0: Yeah. Interview with the vampire. So did when they back?
1: Did they try they, to get they did. that
0: episode? They did. Yeah. Brad's people, I think, said, um, when you can lock down like further details, can you get back to us? And then they did not follow up.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) And then I think they did also, or I don't remember if they reached out to Robert Pattinson, but I do remember them saying that they thought Robert was probably going through some things and probably wouldn't want to be in on the joke. But I feel like if they ever... Do get the chance to have him on the show? I feel like he would have a lot of fun with it. I um, think so. Robert yeah. Pattinson
2: now, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I think one of their best jokes, or like just one of the best interactions that I love the most from this show is is in that first episode where Nandor and Guillermo are preparing for a party to to welcome the Baron and Nendor asks about glitter so that he might uh liken himself to to a Twilight vampire. Yeah. And then uh calls crepe paper creepy paper. It's, yeah. it's just perfect. It was so good.
1: Who's your favorite vampire uh in the show? Oh
2: man.
0: That's that's hard. Very hard. I'm torn between Nandor and Nadia like I love how like there there's a female vampire in the house and and that was something that I know the creators directly wanted to update when uh adapting it into a tv show to to have a central female character and I feel like she's so um caustic and just sometimes like so much smarter than the boys that it's, it's it's just nice to to have her there but then I also think like like Nandor is so such like a dumb lug sometimes it's really <laughs> funny but then his like whole backstory of being this like warlord with 37 wives is also just ridiculous and then finally like Kayvon I think is, is the way you say the name of the actor like that's his real hair <laughs> on the show that's not a wig and
1: god damn he's really hot <laughs> <laughs> oh what? I haven't gotten to him yet. He's in season two. He's one of the main characters. No, it's Na- oh, Nan Nantor, oh Nantor, Nandor, the actor that He is <laughs> You're like, like whatever. Pretty, pretty, like, okay, he's very attractive. <laughs> I don't even that. But I think that Colin is is one of my favorite characters and it's not Naja. Nadja is it pronounced? Yeah. Nadja. I think Colin and Nadja are my favorite characters so far.
2: For me, I I love Colin and I love Nadja, but I also love Nandor and I also love um Laszlo. But I guess I could technically no, I can't choose. I I love them all, especially for like <laughs> they've all had different moments to shine. And anytime I think I have a favorite, they have a moment where I'm like, oh wait, this is so great. Like Nadja's interaction with um the with Beanie Feldstein Feldstein's character, it's just so wonderful because she's like, oh you little little baby girl, like how she helps her transform into a vampire <laughs> power. And then I love laszlo's episode where he just kind of drops everything and leaves town when mark Hamill as a vampire comes to claim the death
0: videos
1: and he just Which was
0: honestly like probably only like 40 bucks and it's like come on yeah. man <laughs> <is> my, my <laughs>
1: demo. oh my gosh yes yeah
0: it's one of my favorite episodes and
2: nick kroll comes back
1: Yes. I personally love Nick Kroll so much. I also think I I just love FX comedians and, like, FX shows. Because this show also reminded me a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just, like, the hijinks that they get up to in every single episode. Again, Baron's Night Out. Favorite (laughs) episode so far for me.
2: It's funny that you mention It's Always Sunny because even these characters in their vampire form are not as garbage-like as the humans on It's Always Sunny. This is true.
0: Yeah.
1: No one can (laughs) top how garbage those uh, characters are. I wonder why that show is so good.
0: I don't know. So I admit I have not watched It's Always Sunny, but isn't murder probably like one of the worst things one can do? You like, would, like, we, we're watching the murder people all the time in this show. You would think, <laughs> I mean, not to be like in their defense, but they're <laughs> this is really great. They're vampires. Yeah, they need to eat. Like, come on. And I'm sure like- they could figure out ways, though. Like, like it's it's come up in other vampire shows, like how to, how to be more responsible when when feeding on blood. And, like, on top of that, Guillermo, like, in following Guillermo around the house, it's also clear that they're very lazy vampires, and and they're very lazy murderers, in that they have Guillermo go out and, like, fetch virgins for them, and then Guillermo's also responsible for disposing of them, and this does come up in Season 2, but, like, he's buried a lot of them in the yard, and... People decompose, and and that does affect a lot of things.
1: <laughs> Gina, Gina, debunked. <laughs> and also, Nandor's just not good at mind control. Like no. I know <laughs> they're at it as it goes along, but he just sucks. <laughs> and I love that this show, like to your point, just like shows off that they're not great vampires at all, except for Naja. Naja's smart. She mm-hmm. she's trying to like. Make jiff, jiff, jiff her. Well. <laughs> Girls got it going on. Yeah, I also I want to see more of uh, the LARPing. I could not stop laughing because a former colleague of mine was a LARPer, and that's what he used to do on the weekend for fun. So it was just great to see this as, like, a plot point in the show.
2: It's just, it's such a delightful show. And I'm, I'm really glad that it was renewed for a third season. My dream is they'll bring John Mullaney on since like Oh
1: Oh my gosh, that would be amazing.
2: I mean, if not as a vampire as um Holland's
1: coworker. That that would be Yes. Can Evie come back with uh John Mullaney and just have like a whole love triangle between like the three of them? I would watch that. (laughs) I think that was also one of my favorite episodes. Uh, outside of Baron Lights Out because I, I love, as I said earlier, Vanessa Bayer is so underappreciated and she was just stunning <laughs> up against Colin.
2: Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I always loved watching Vanessa Bayer on, um, SNL. I thought she was, yeah, one of the most underrated uh, cast members on the show. And it was really great to see her interact with Colin on the show. Like the two had really great chemistry and it was really fun to watch their interactions.
1: I also like wrote down when I was watching that episode, that Colin just reminds me of every horrible conversation I've had with a white male in an office setting. Like, hi, can we talk for a second? Just like, no, go away, please. You're draining my energy, vampire. True story, it's real life.
2: Now I'm going to wonder, when we get back to the office, who is an energy vampire?
1: Uh, well, and the way that the office is laid out in this show reminds me so much of, like, a former office that I worked in with the cubicles, and I used to sit next to an energy vampire. I sat next to, and a former boss, manager, leader of a publication was also an energy vampire, so... I really related to Colin. I really related to his entire storyline, his entire arc.
2: I love that the Baron borrows his clothes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Like, look like a normal person. Colin! But I did want to see more of the Baron, just because he, like, kills people at first glance. Like, I can't stop laughing. They're like, no, 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 don't, don't. It's a documentary crew. It's too late. It's over. <laughs> the end. And drug blood. Ah, uh, drug blood, drug blood.
2: blood. I love when he, when he, um, holds the human up and does like a keg shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like Gina, I don't really have like deep dives. I think the beauty of this show is just like, I could sit here for hours talking about why I love it.
0: All these little things like very much add up together to create just a perfect like half hour of time and it's just enough that you enjoy it and if you want to keep going it's it's so easy to keep going and then if you want to stop and just enjoy each episode for what it is it's also just it's it's like perfectly bite-sized I think. Uh, you're not sitting around for, like, an entire hour. And so, like, I hope they continue just just to sort of, like, keep it the way that it is. I also think that it's one of the few shows, and, and, like, I really can't think of any other shows that take place in, like, a universe where there's, like, magic and fantasy, but really takes a lot of joy in sort of the um, absurdities and the, imagination that magic opens a story up to.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, you know, like everybody knows like game of Thrones. Um, there's also been other TV shows like the magicians. I
1: was about to say.
0: Yeah. Where, where, you know, like magic is a thing and there are all these like other creatures and stuff, but they're also serious and they're also very much all about approaching the story in a very grounded way. And this is just the exact opposite. And so it's it's I I feel very buoyed by how how light it is.
1: Yeah, even True Blood is a very heavy show and like runtime on most episodes is like fifty five minutes to like an hour fifteen. So it's it's really rare, I think, even as we're in this golden age of television, to find a solid half hour show that punches every single week and from like the seven episodes that I've seen so far like they punch they hit it's not too serious it's over when I want it to be over if I don't want this to like drag on anymore and I think that's really crucial and I hope that more directors filmmakers producers start greenlighting Shorter half hour comedies, cause we're kind of missing out on, on these like great art form of small, bite sized comedies that are not 50 to an hour in length. 50 yeah. minutes to an hour in length. Yeah.
0: I, I always see like every Sunday people tweeting at Issa Rae, like, can you make Insecure an hour? And she's always emphatically like, no, it's half an hour. Like stop asking me that. And 30, 30 minutes is just enough. Yeah. So,
2: The the broad strokes remain the same. You have a show about four vampires who live in a house with a familiar, a documentary crew, but each episode, the rules and the relationships change. But it happens within a short frame, like a short window, and it's great. The other beautiful aspect of the show is it does a really great job catching up a viewer, so you can essentially jump in at any point and watch whatever episode you want. It just, I really appreciate a show that takes a little time to do a recap. Like I, I don't need a minute to two minute recap at the beginning of the episode. I'm like, Nope, that's okay. That's fine. I like how they work it into their story.
1: You're going to hate 24. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you are going to love the season two finale of what we do in the shadows, because I think it, I I just watched it and so I I might be like very biased just coming off of the the fumes of that episode, but it takes all of the things that we've just talked about, and you could go directly into watching that that episode like as your first episode, but it also. Um, rewards anybody who has like watched from season one episode one from the beginning all the way straight through to that point and it's I I like that even though it each episode is its own self-contained episode that they do have this longer arc going um primarily about the fraught relationship or not fraught but like somewhat tenuous relationship between Guillermo and Nandor about whether Guillermo will ever become a real vampire. So
1: I really hope he does. Like <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the things that's keeping me going with this show is that conflict and that tension. And like you said, this show could just be a s like face value for vampire roommates hanging out in Staten Island. But they add these like elements of conflict that just keep you hooked. Like, I want to know what happens to Guillermo. I want to know what happens to Nadja and her, like, long reincarnated lover, Jeff. (laughs) Like, I want to know what's going to happen to uh actress in Booksmart whose name is Escaping Me. Beanie. Yeah. And her journey in being uh, a new vampire. Like, these things kept me going and kept me binging episode after episode. Like, seven episodes in a day is a lot for a tv show it's, and it's a- probably only
0: th- what three and a half three um, hours
1: yeah. it just kind of like flew by and that's for me i guess if we're going into like definitive statements on why the show is essential that for me is why the show is essential is that i could just sit down binge through it and there are threads that keep me interested apart from it being a half hour comedy
2: i find it essential because it's I don't know how everyone else feels, but sometimes when I watch a show and I finish it, I don't feel like I need to rewatch it. But with a show like 30 Rock, i it's my background show, but it always has my attention. I love rewatching the show over and over again because I keep catching new things and jokes that maybe didn't click when I was younger finally click. And I feel the same way about what we do in the shadows. Like, we gave you episodes to watch and these are things that we would seen, but rewatching them again, I was just like, ooh, it's it's like a delightful Pandora's box. Like, here are some things I might have missed. Here's a joke I might have missed. And it's just, it's still fun the second, third way through.
1: That makes me so happy, because you know how much I love to re-watch TV shows, <laughs> such as The West Wing. I've been <laughs> watching them again for the 21st time recently. <laughs>
0: I also love shows where clearly everybody's having such a great time with each other. And this is another one of those shows where everybody just seems to have such love for each other and they just want to play. And then the guest stars that they get um, also clearly are just so happy to get in there, to get weird, to get silly. Um, I, I also forgot, but the Haley Joel Osment Episode with Benedict Wong. I think what? that one's the first episode in season yeah. two. What is also hilarious, and so uh-huh. you ha- you have so much fun to look forward to, yeah. in, like in the next thirteen episodes.
1: <laughs> now, right? be very happy, like for all the other shows that we have watched this this podcast season where I haven't seen the show before. <laughs> I, <want a> treat. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't been super jazzed to keep watching but I'm like super jazzed to keep watching this show at my own pace because it's really good and funny just wait until you get to the Mark
2: Hamill episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that Mark Hamill is in this show Like,
2: I, I have to admit I didn't realize it was him until the, the credits rolled I was like oh he was actually like Slightly unrecognizable, and he had, like, a Transylvanian accent that kind of hit him pretty well. Oh,
1: my gosh. So how could Taika not get Brad Pitt when he got Mark Hamill?
2: Honestly, I feel like Mark Hamill did a better job than Brad Pitt would have standing there. But then again, (laughs) Brad Pitt standing there and looking beautiful would have
0: also been great. I feel like Mark Hamill is underrated for how silly and how fun he can get. Yeah. And I would also, like, it would be so funny if that character came back and he, like, just leaned into the terror that Mark Hamill can bring to a character. I think that would also be be quite amusing.
1: We have a, another season to look forward to.
0: Hopefully many more after that, if, yeah. if they continue to stay at this level.
1: I cannot wait.
0: Jackie Daytona.
1: Jackie Daytona.
0: <laughs> you you'll know it when you see it, Mallory. Okay. I
2: I need a T-shirt that says Jackie Date.
1: <laughs> I'm trusting in you both. You haven't steered me wrong, and I, the, I, the show proves it.
2: Believe the hype. Believe the Jackie Day Toda hype.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's pretty unanimous. Then it's it's essential just just to have all the laughs.
2: Yeah. And with that, we wrap up another episode of The Essentials. Thanks for listening,
0: and see you next time. If you like what you've heard, leave us a review or
1: rating on the platform of your choice. Thanks. Five stars, please.